Hello, and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox. And I'm Lori Sox. And today we're joined by Gina Yurikio, creator of Mother Asana, and a book coming out in October, The Art and Voice of Autism. Gina is a wife and mother of two children. Today we discuss mostly her journey with her daughter, Allie, who has autism. One thing I love about this journey is just the connection it provides with other people and hearing their story and their journeys. In this particular case, we were able to learn about the Eurekio family and how Allie and her autism created such a beautiful gift of awareness and presence and art. On their website, you can see some of the artwork that Allie creates and shine you know, this journey is understood by the people we share it with that are on our journey, because if the outside world isn't yet at a point where they can see all of the gifts, all of the beauty that we in this community are given. And one of the things we discuss is truth and honesty. And we really just jumped right into it. So we hope you enjoy our conversation and connection with Gina Eurekio, Mother Asana. Hello, Gina. Good morning, Gina. How are you this morning? Hi. Nice to see you guys. Good to see you too. I just want to say I'm, I was kind of going through your podcast and we have so much in common in the topics that you're covering. And um, Karen Maison Miller, um, I don't know if she's a personal friend of yours. How lucky are you? I just am a big fan. I have her books and I follow her blog and um, she's been a huge inspiration to me. She's a pretty outstanding human being. She's one of our favorites. In, yeah, in our she's life, one of yeah. our favorite people, and I will pass that on to her. Yeah, she is. Yeah, and and some of the other topics, and and just what you're covering. I think you know we we started the podcast because when we received Liam's diagnosis, it was there was just no hope given to us, and people would also then give us information, really excited about it, and we'd check it out, and it would just be just horrible and devastating and so we we just wanted to pay it forward to where with the hope that anybody who came behind us wouldn't have that same experience like we we didn't have any promising stories that were you know handed handed out and so um, that's that's really what we seek out and we seek out a lot of the information that you know that we're still learning so it, the podcast has been great because we learn. Like we actually, we're we're learning, but as we're learning, we can pass it on to other people. And it gives us a chance as a couple to kind of talk together too. Like you, you're. That's you're, so interesting because while I was waiting, I was just taking a few contemplative moments. Because why not? You know, I find myself sitting here by myself, and I was just writing about taking time. You know, with my husband and the respite and. 
You know, it's funny, and I know we're going to get started, but the shine and the rays of the sun, you know, as I've been getting more into my discussion about, you know, the art and the voice of autism, is that there's so many aspects in these rays, how this diagnosis brings the family together and angles that you can talk about, like sibling issue, you know, sibling stuff, extended family stuff, um, you know, just being a caregiver to an adult child now and being a, a wife and having a marriage when everybody else is moving on to their um, empty nest. And, you know, I was speaking in front of a group on Monday and I was saying, you know, I'm committed to having that for my husband and I too. And in, in a way that just like our life is sort of like this beautiful masterpiece of an extension of something different, the way it looks to the people next door, we can have it too. And so can you. And it's like, but I think we're taught, like you were saying, like, and you're giving all this information and you're like, that doesn't serve us. That doesn't serve us. That doesn't serve my son. That doesn't serve my daughter. That doesn't serve my family. I can't operate that way. So, yeah. I know when we were at the beginning of this journey that uh, with, with Down syndrome, the thing was, we didn't know anything about Down syndrome. And also, we didn't know to question it. The people who give you the false information are the people that you think you should trust. You think that they're the professionals, the doctors, the teachers, the school district. You think these are the people who you think they're invested in your child and you think they're invested in their future, but that's not necessarily the situation. Uh, I'm not saying that every school district and every teacher, because we've had some great teachers and we now have a great school. But when you're getting the, the negative towards you, especially at the beginning, or maybe just at the beginning, you don't know to question it. You don't know that it's, it's not true. And because it's different and new, that's what causes us to entertain those ideas for so long. Yeah. And how much your body is in fight or flight through the whole, the whole time. And, you know, school ends and you're, you're in a system that is set up entirely like, okay, this in Connecticut, they call it birth to three. And then from three, she's matriculated into the school system until she's 21. And she gets to go like to her birthday through the whole 21 year, the 21st year, and then she's out. And then she gets out and you're like, you're back where you were when you were first diagnosed or you know, when you figured this all, you know, we're figuring it all out and you're, you start to question, you know, the roads that you traveled a little bit because you listened, how many people you listened to that you probably should have, you know, checked in and more intuitively with yourself, in which case I did, but there's still things I might've missed. And now you're like, okay, I have to go and, you know, let's add that in and let's add that in. And, you know, people I'm sure ask you, you know, well, will he do this? Will she do that? You know, will, will he, you know, to me, will she do this? Well, and it's like, well, maybe not this year. I may not be, working, we may not be working on that this year. Like, you know, can she cook? Can she do this? He was like, you can't do everything all in one day. They don't ask that of our neurotypical children. We don't get that questioning. There's plenty of uh, neurotypical kids that can't that make leave macaroni the house and cheese. And can't do anything. You know, right? Can't make a hard boiled egg. And I didn't. Just, I don't know. I think I just. Yeah. yeah it's it's okay. And I think I want to go back to what you said because this just happened recently when we finally got out of a school 
that was really geared against our child, that didn't educate our child or support our child. When we finally got out and now are in a supportive environment that's actually educating our son, I was overwhelmed with, you know, did I fight too long? What was I fighting for? Did I, did I do the right thing? Was this for Liam? I had all... But I, I had to remember that, and also our wonderful friend, Mae Zen, <laughs> put it so beautifully, is like, you did the right thing because it's what you did. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that parents don't get to the end of something and then f- find a truth or a new way or a new possibility and doubt what they did because I believe that we're, we're always doing our very best for our children. Whatever that looks like, we are doing our best. Whatever we decide our focus is going to be is what is, what is right for our family and our child and for us and for that, the longevity of the journey together of, of life of that moment. And it's just not really helpful to look back and beat yourself up, you know, because Maybe if you had different information, you would have done something differently, but that was the information that you were given at the time. Right. And we do our best. And the the thing is, is with a neurotypical child, you're, you're not meant to question. I mean, I can get to my daughter and say, and look back and go, oh, did I do that right? Have I been doing this right? And I think I just had this moment about her recently because she's almost 15 and I started to second guess, but it didn't weigh nearly as much as how I felt with my son when I got to the end and berated myself as if it weighed, it would weigh more, but it doesn't. And I just want to make sure that that, that sinks in for parents that we're doing our best. And it's not fair that we're doing our best against a system that isn't always geared towards supporting our children or our children doing their best. That's not fair, but it's how it is. And when there's something new to be able to sit in the new and move forward from there, taking the information, obviously, that we learned, we can take that information and let it, you know, give us insight to different situations. But just to not be beat yourself up about, you know, did I support enough and all of these things that go through my head. Yeah. And I mean, I think as a family, too, you kind of have to look at at situations that you find yourself in as a group and individually and how as a mother or father you're making decisions and you just keep showing up when you when you really think in the path of the open heart that's really what it's been for me it's just I you know I keep showing up and in the present moment and also like to become the student when I'm sure I'm the teacher Hmm. (laughs) and that that is really like I'm the boss of her, but she's the boss of me. (laughs) We do this little dance all day long, right? And what is she teaching me? What is she teaching all of us? How can I incorporate that and not be sure that I, I know that I, you know, I am for sure. You know, you go through these 22 years where, you know, what you resist persists to some, to some extent. And when I first learned about Allie was autistic, I was like, I can't learn. I'm going to learn about this now. Like, you know, it's that, that Welcome to Holland poem. You guys familiar with it? We've talked about it uh, several times on, yeah, the, so, on the podcast. You know, but, but I'm just saying, you know, for me, as, as Gina, as this woman who went to college and, you know, had dreams and stuff. And then I was like, this is that. And she's our first child. And I'm like, 
okay, I'll learn, I'll learn, I'll learn, I'll learn, I'll learn. And then you have those years go by and you're like, I'm learning this now, <laughs> learning this, you know, and all of a sudden now I'm looking back and it's been 24 years of an education that was given to me through the gift of the path of mine and, uh, and my family's and Allie being here. And that's why I created Mother Asana because I was like, I just want to expose this <laughs> so, you know, everybody can learn and just find new ways. And again, like you were saying, not beat up on yourself. It, we're sort of like this washing machine where we go in and through like a 15 minute cycle, we get spun, tossed, whipped around, and then you're put into the dryer and you're kind of fluffed up and you come out and you're neatly ironed. And we go through these like, you know, behavior incidents where we're like, she's flipping out and then my energy and my, you know, the family or the people, everybody wants to fix and please and help. And then she comes out of it and she's like, oh, I'm good. And I'm like, I can be good too, just like you. Yeah. Like I can be smoothed out as well. And that's, that's the hard thing about the behavior piece and the autism, you know, the world sensory processing and, and the world is just so big and, and, and how she goes out there and tries her best. And that's why I took her artwork shine and said, she goes out into the world and shines her light and gives her best self every day, you know, just like some of the really wonderful, great people that we know that do that every day, but not everybody is out there in the world doing it. And she is getting judged and she's getting looked at and stared upon, but she doesn't care. She is shining. She is like beyond with the light. She's like, I'm just forging through. If, you, if you're going to learn from me, learn from me. If not, let me pick out my chocolate milk. <laughs> and, you know, let me, let me have my coach help me grocery shop and wait in line and, and try to do my thing. You know, let, let me just quietly go ahead. And I'm sorry if I'm taking up your time, but I'm shining right now because <laughs> I'm learning and I'm participating in the world and I'm trying. I think society forgets its manners or they don't they don't feel like they have to have manners because the first thing I know, one of my first lessons growing up is don't stare at people, you know, don't stare. And I did read an article one time where someone had said, um, a mom had said there was a child staring at, at their child and the mom said, um, don't stare or don't ask anything. And that particular mother said, no, ask. Like, just don't, you know, ask. I think it's different for every parent. I think it d depends on what your situation is. But one thing I do that I, it's so funny that you talk about that your daughter's there and she's shining and she doesn't care, but you probably care, Gina. I always like, I felt like I always carried the weight. It took me such a long time uh, to, to get to that place where I was like, he doesn't care. Why do I care? And I shouldn't say you probably care. I was just guessing from like when you were talking, it affects you as a parent, right? It affects you to see, because you're seeing the other people judge, you're seeing the looks, you're, and, and you're seeing all of that and it affects you. And then I, I forget when it was where I was just like, you know what? He doesn't care. Like I did that with my daughter once when she was very little and I just kept like talking to this person that I thought was her friend and Sophia didn't really seem to care and I realized it was because that person actually wasn't being kind to her but my caring so much about it probably made it worse I think it's the pleasing aspect I mean you know 
as women, um, you don't have to be a woman to be a pleaser. You know, I mean, just like in Mother Asana, you don't have to be a mother to follow us. You know, everyone has the motherly qualities in them. But I think it's the pleasing aspect and it involves control as well um, a little bit and sort of just not manipulation, but just trying to kind of shape shift the environment. And, you know, you, you know, as well as I know, you know, it's all moving energy. And then, like I said about the washing machine, when you're in the dryer and then you're out and you're like, yeah, I feel great. You know, or she gets in the car and she's like, Woo-hoo! And you're just like, I'm sweating. I'm stressed out. I have to go home. I, you know, and I started to teach myself and practice, like, how am I going to find this in the moment? to you know because these are fleeting moments and these are the moments that I'm enjoying with my daughter you know that you know she's picking up the the chocolate milk or the milk or the you know she's she's picking her favorite snack she's reading from her list and we're do hey we're out here we're doing it live and so you know I like to talk about the work because the work is live I mean we we talk about it as parents and you know because we like to have these conversations but what we do is out there in the world, you know, and we're living life out loud. I was just thinking when you were talking about like your daughter and she's there with her list, like how would it feel for me if I had my grocery list and I had people really paying attention to like how many times do I have to pull up my grocery list or how many times do I have to reach out? Like what if I was aware that I was under a microscope of my actions, like how I was able to do something because we all function on different levels every day. Yeah. You know, and I know like, as we speak about the yoga, yoga or meditation aspects of things, not everybody's like following that, but you know, I just, you know, decide every day and every, in, in every moment, again, beginning again, like this is, this is the path for, for, for me and her and my husband. And, you know, for as long as we're together in this unit and, you know, my mind can travel, you know, and want to be pulled and be like, I want to be like them. And I, you know, I want to be like that. And I want Allie to do that. And I want this to happen. But then we also do that for our typical children, you know? So then I started to mold everything together and I'm like, I'm just going to create the life I wish existed and let it go and stop kind of looking over and saying, well, why can't John and I have this respite time? You know, maybe we don't have an empty nest, but we have a different situation where it involves a whole lot of beauty, a whole lot of love, a whole lot of fun. And yeah, we have to work on, you know, making schedules and taking off and caregiving. And that's part of what I'm really, really good at. Somehow I became really, really good at this. I feel like it breaks down to everyone, no matter anyone's situation with kids, without kids, behaviors, no behaviors, just everyone has a life that cannot be predicted. We love to, as children, dream about our lives and what it's going to be and what I'm going to be when I grow up and when am I going to get married and what am I going to do? And we have all these dress up ideas. And then when we live our lives that are completely unique from everyone else's, there's a transition of did I take the right job? I have this health problem. Did I marry the right person? Did hey, I, hey. You know, <laughs> and then our kids and everything that comes into it. Well, when you have your life, you know the immense value of your life. You know your immense value that you get from your child. 
it may take time to live in your shoes for a second, but people at the supermarket don't do that. They will not invest the time because they honestly don't see a life different from theirs having value. So it's the people that you see that take time to reach out to someone that reach out to someone that's homeless and talk to them and you realize they're human being. There's value. Reach out to someone that's of a different religion and culture that you've just like shined away from because you don't understand the immense value of their culture or looking at a child with disability and saying there's an amazing amount of value here. Mm -hmm. And that is what I find Liam has taught me is to take the moments to find the value in the places that I never thought there was value because I had a preconception of what a valuable life was. Yeah. And I think they teach us about freedom because they're so free and we're like, you know, constricted because we have to, you know, teach and do and, and clean up and do it over again and over again. And, you know, we start to feel like, like, how can we have that, take up that space in the world? You know, that well, going back to what I said at the beginning of our conversation and thinking about Gina in this body, this person who is living in this lifetime and going forward and feeling free as well and embodying the beautiful qualities about myself that so many people must that love about me that are, you know are what I attract and feeling that way about myself and having that in my everyday life and how to feel free and not feel like get it get lost in a, in a motherhood that involves so much caregiving hmm well, a majority of humans judge every moment of their life, and it's the freedom of not judging yourself every moment. Right. Because I see it in my child, and I say, oh, can I do that? Liam will say he's sorry about something, if something went wrong, you know, and he's very, he feels bad about it. But then he turns it. He turns around, and once we say, hey, it's okay. You don't have to worry about it. He gets past it and on, and he's, and he's gone, never to think about it again. And can I learn that? that's practice. That's a practice. And that's catching yourself. And I think that's, you know, a lot of my work with the asana, you know, the asana part of mother asana is how do I sit with presence and purpose, you know, in this pose and not so much warrior one or sukhasana in a yoga, traditional yoga pose, but literally sitting with presence and purpose with this daughter of mine and forging this connection and then I was figuring out, you know, while I was sitting there, like motherhood is the highest asana. Uh, it, it is motherhood, parenthood, how it, fatherhood. You know, my husband has it when he's out there, you know, navigating the world with her. My son does it. And, you know, we're doing this, these practices. And it is just like when you're in warrior one, you know, or you're in, you're, you're catching yourself, you're breathing, you're paying attention, you're not leaving your mat to kind of worry about what the person next to you is doing. You know, as a yoga teacher, I'm always teaching, stay with yourself in the confines of your body, but you have a radius of energy that's going to extend anyway into the other person's mat. And they're going to feel that beautiful connectedness because we're all in a shared energy space. But to your point, we're not when we're in the grocery store, <laughs> you know, you, you know, you, you've got the, and our children have this beautiful aura that we're 
you know, we're so lucky to be in the circle of all the time. And how do we stay in that? How do we manage that? And, um, you know, somebody gave me a, a little piece of advice the other day, you know, cause I was feeling frustrated and I was beating myself up a little bit. And I was like, you know, Gina, even monkeys fall out of trees. And it's like, I can fall out of a tree and just kind of be like, I'm frustrated. I'm upset. It wasn't good, but it's okay. I can begin again. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves as parents. It's funny that you would say stay on your mat because that's like a, that's an easy thing for me to remember. Like your mat, find your eyes, not in an isolating way for people who don't do yoga, but in, in a way that like that's, that way you could put your focus on you and your actions and what you're doing. You talked earlier about teacher and student well, I mean, our kids, you, you know, to witness their life and uh, both equally, my son and daughter. One of the things that I learned was, I mean, with my daughter, I was definitely always learning and she was teaching me, but I might not have seen it that way. I was able to um, witness her life and I did see a, a lot and learn a lot, but I, I don't know if I put that label on it. Whereas with Liam, I'm, I'm aware I'm so hyper aware, but that's what we do. Like for us, it's the extra chromosome. If we can diffuse the fact that this extra chromosome is what allows us to be teachers and learners and just like, I think we have the ability and the insight to come from the inside of our lives and know that that's with every human, every human in our life, we can learn something from. Yeah. And, and, you know, exactly what you said. I mean, it's just, you know, it's sort of like that bandwidth of how you're going to open yourself up and not stay closed. And I, when I was talking the other day, I was like, follow us because you're going to love it here because you can come as you are. And this just isn't just about autism. You know, this is, this is just about like, life is frustrating and grief happens and people die and people get sick and they get better. And kids move on to college and, you know, they move out and you have an empty nest and then you're crying, you know, and you're consoling your friend who's like, they'll come back or you'll find new ways to communicate with them. And, and so it is for everyone what we're talking about, you know, because we, we, we've taken these beautiful nuggets in our lives and trans, just like I said, the rays of the sun, and there's so many different things that happen. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you guys have had other things happen to you besides Down syndrome in your family. You know, maybe not of the highest teachable moments, but you've lost people who are near and dear to you. You've had tragic things happen to you, of, maybe not to yourself, but to people who are close to you. Um, you know, I just recently lost my father. You know, I mean, things change and you, you grieve. I, I was diagnosed with breast cancer uh, nine years ago. I, that was another time for me where I was like, okay, this is interesting. How, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be here forever, perhaps. I don't, you know, obviously we all know that, but it makes you look at things in such a different perspective. And especially lately with the death of my father, the the preciousness of people do die and they go. And how are you going to spend your time? And how are you going to embody that freedom and feel good for yourself, Gina? Because Hallie's out there. I'm creating this universe for her 
where she's living her best life. I mean, I've got co coaches for her, a couple, couple really wonderful girls. She's got a day program that she goes part-time to. The other days she does some life skills. She has to do her exercise. She has to do her little bit of grocery shopping. She's got to clean up, you know, she's got to give back, you know, through her mother Asana stuff with her art. She can have her pleasurable times, but she's out there living her best life. All of the qualities of things that are things that I personally too want to take on with my life. So when I started seeing how I was setting up her life, I was like, why can't I, I have to have that too, or that's, that's not serving myself kind of like that loving kindness meditation or the oxygen mask, you know, analogy, but I have to, may I be well, may I be free from fear. May I know peace in my body and mind. May I feel safe. You know, as I send her out into the world, may you be well, may you know, you know, peace, may you, you know, be happy, may you be free. But what would happen is she was get like, and then I would be like, okay, that's great. But wait, what about Gina? Again, what about me? My husband had a different, you know, journey because he was always kind of out and, and working I was at home and I didn't, I had all this creativity because I'm a creative person. And I was like, well, you know, you get resentful when you're not creating. And that was just it. You know, I mean, it wasn't like I didn't become a hard person, but I was like, there's so much in me that I, I know there's, it's been a part of me for so long, but how can I merge this world? Because this is like you said, Stephen, this is my life. <laughs> so how can I find these beautiful pockets that are, that are my life that I'm living every day and really like go live? And it takes a lot of courage, you know, to go out there and do it because you're going to be seen. <laughs> but after I lost my father too, I was like, you know, you want to live and, and every moment is so precious. So if I can show and teach and grow and, and be a part of that community, I'm destined for it, obviously. Allie has autism. There are a percentage of children with Down syndrome who also have autism. We don't have a personal insight to that journey. So I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing and talking to us about that journey. And we've just talked about so much stuff, just about being a parent. And I do want to clarify that I don't put the extra chromosome on the same page as, you know, a death or cancer. That's how it was presented to me when Liam was first diagnosed. I'm fortunate that through the years, you start to forge your own path and you you see the gifts and those opinions or thoughts, um, just like probably any exterior thought that you get that comes your way, you understand that those come from people who really don't have insight into who your child is. Um, yeah, like a diagnosis, it was like, a, it was something to mourn. And I thought at the diagnosis, would I be mourning this for my entire life? Well, because you received that article, the Holland one, which yeah, we did talk about we that. always, we, we've, we've talked about this a couple of times on different episodes, but uh, it helps a lot of people that, that article for us it just made me so mad. <laughs> I was just you like. You both feel though, part of it too is the societal norm, 
you know, that, that death or that fear or that, you know, all that stuff, like, which is why, you know, the three of us are having a conversation today to say, you know, it's not that way. How many times have people said to me, I don't know, when Allie was young or well, that's your cross. Yeah, right. Oh my right. gosh. You know, yeah. and I'm like, what? Or, what? or to mourn the child that you don't have. I mean, my cross, I'm like, I listen, you know, my grandmother, rosary beads, everything, you know, Italian family, you know. I think the appropriate answer to that is no, you're my cross. <laughs> right, right in this moment. You, in, my, in this moment, you and your lack of knowledge, but boldness and comment, you're my cross because I'm going to dig real deep and and decide how I'm going to answer to this. To be honest, people don't know what to say and it's a blurb that they're just passing on to well i think but i think we can all say that like historically any difference i think we can look around society now and see like everybody's finding their voice like diversity inclusion those are real things and that gives me hope for my child because in that diversity in that inclusion is my child totally it's it's not just one thing that's good and acceptable we are all so diverse and i th and that gives me so much hope for my child in the world i know that it's been evolving for a very long time maybe too long i'm thankful that we are at the place now that i feel like actually forging the acceptance and openness to all of our differences I think it's a, the in ancestral generational stories too, you know, where we have to kind of shed and discard and keep what we want. But this is our generation oh, yeah. that, you know, I have a group of friends that, you know, is work, does the work, I want to say, and, and, and wants that, you know, we even get the extra push from our children and then the dynamic that we've created, which I'm sure you guys have created, just like my family, the dynamic in my family. And then, you know, you're always educating your extended family, I should say, but you can't wait for everybody to come on board. That is going forward what we're committed to doing. That's why I was saying, you know, I'm just committed to doing it not only for everyone to serve right but for me for for me to be on this path and to be free <laughs> and to have you know to have that open heart and that open space because that's what lines up for me for mind by mind body spirit may not be for another mom with autism or another family with down syndrome and they may not be into art or whatever you know but for me this is is and it back to staying on your mat and staying with it and knowing full well that there are going to be a lot of other things showing up on your mat <laughs> that's what i want to talk about is you created <laughs> you came it's like 40 minutes and we still have I know, I know. so gina you created mother asana what i love about this journey and i love talking to different parents because i love to see how something that you know, a, a lot of the world would, you know, perceive as your cross, right? They, that they perceive as this challenge. I've, I've seen it help parents to create music, to um, just to find their voice, to find their strength, to become advocates, to learn to live in the present moment. To, to accept all people. Yeah, I've seen the changes and how something that can be viewed as negative 
it's it's such a gift. It's overwhelmingly positive. It's maybe it's because of the challenges that we experience and the fights that we have advocating. That's a part of it. It's being in touch with your child's life in a different way, maybe than you experienced with your neurotypical child. I don't know if it's that different, but I think I'm just more aware of it. That really helps me to be present and also. Now, it doesn't give my life the value. It helps me to see how precious my time is and how precious my life is. I would like to think that my whole life, uh, that was part of me, like my life is valuable. I don't know how much time I have here creating my life. But like since, you know, my daughter and then since Liam especially, it's like, oh, now I'm going to walk the walk. Like what? what is it I wanted to create with my life? What did I want to do with my life? What is of value? And I love talking to different people and seeing how this journey has like, it's like a, the, the diamond that it's created in their life. Yeah. And the fact that the children are on the journey too, like Allie's on the journey, Liam's on the journey. It's sort of like when you go to um, school and you become an accountant and you're like, okay, now you go work and you become an accountant. Okay. So that's, that's what you're going to do. And, and then you're 30 years old and then you're like, I don't know if I really like accounting, you know, I I think I want to get out of accounting. Like I, I, you know, I'm really interested in whatever. And it's the same thing for Allie. Like I've set up things for her. You know, she has yoga that she does love her yoga. She does love her art. She's trying new things. She's trying, you know, other, other things and other disciplines. And then there's times where Allie said to me, no, I don't want to do that. I don't like it. And I'm like, okay. So it comes, shows up in a behavior, but it's like, okay, you want to take a break. And then sometimes she's just asking for a break. And sometimes she's like, I'm good. You know, I didn't really like that swimming teacher. or I didn't really like that pool or whatever. However, she's kind of, it's manifesting how she's coming out and telling me, but you're constantly listening. And, and it's like, you get the questions. So you got her set up in this and you got her set up in this and you got her set up. So she'll do that. Like that's the way society sees it. Okay. So she'll do that. And then it, will she do that till she's like 40? And you're like, I, I don't know. Like I'm doing this right now, you know? And then, you know, we're, we're, we're magical and we're artists and we're, we're whatever. And with the freedom, we can do something else really cool in two years or one year or six months or you could text me in a year from now and be like, you don't believe what I'm talking about now. <laughs> or you guys will be like, you, Liam find himself in this situation and we're just, we're into skateboarding and this is where he's living right now. And he could live there for 10 years. It took me so long to, to hear what he was saying, because I think it's that um, the way we do set up the supports, it's a different, it's a different language. Like, we're set, we are crucial and, and so intricate in the setting up of the supports and what's going to help him to access, you know, his potential that I didn't always listen. And it took me a really long time. It took me too long. It's embarrassing. It took me, he's 12 now. So maybe this year, maybe there were times here and there where I, and it was usually when I was on the outside of the conversation and I could hear other people interacting with him where I could understand that nobody was listening to Liam. And I would say, guys, what is he saying to you? 
But it was always when I was on the outside and I could see it. When I was on the inside, I couldn't see myself doing it. And it took two, and I can't remember what they were. It was two pretty big things where um, he was telling me one thing. And in my mind, I was like, (laughs) and then after the fact, I'd go, oh, that's what he was telling me. He was telling me this and I didn't listen. And he was so forgiving. I always say he's so patient with me. So I want to talk about the mother asana and shine and Ali's art is beautiful. And one thing that I feel like transitions into this conversation is on your website, you talk about I am her voice and she is my heart. So maybe you can share a little bit about that and your journey and what prompted you to create Mother Asana and what Mother Asana is. Yeah, so Ali has this gift of, of creating these beautiful pieces of art. And she also has a gift of interpreting life in many different celebratory situations and and also situations of grief and things with one or two words or phrases so what i what i tried to do and what i'm i'm still doing is taking pieces of her art and merging them with her phrases of how she interprets celebrations and things that happen to you in life so the shine image is when she came home with this sun and I said to her, what, you know, what is this? And she, she's like, it's shine, just shine, mom, shine. And so then I, I kept a note of it and I, I kind of put it in a folder or whatever. And then when she was young and we had birthdays and stuff, she couldn't stand happy birthday, but she would run around the house with a party hat on her head and she would yell party hats on. And so she, she created a piece of art with party hats. We call that party hats on, but we use party hats on for many celebrations in life. Like when you get your driver's license, when you do a good job, when, you know, when you like went on vacation and you had fun and she's like, party hats on, like, let's go, you know? So there's party hats on. Then we created one where she has a group of people together and they're all holding hands and she calls that one together. And I wrote up like a blog about that. And it was like, we're all in this together with COVID. And so how do we, how we take these different interpretations of her art and her sayings and use them? I, I am her voice. And then bringing that as a projection out into the world, showing her beautiful gifts and showing how you can appreciate it just as art, or you can appreciate it just for the saying or you can stay with us a little bit longer and get even more insight spiritually or um, just telling stories. And then how to involve yourself artistically. It's just an invitation to connect with your family in different ways and different ways around the kitchen table. And that's what our book is about. It's about the art and the voice of autism and how we connect all of this art with the different stories of life and what happens to you. For instance, she did a breast cancer ribbon. I think it might be on the front of the website, but it's a breast cancer ribbon. And um, she calls it the sad is over. And um, that's what she said to me when um, I got a call from my oncologist, when um, I found out there was a time where I was trying to figure, they were trying to figure out if I needed chemotherapy and this and that, you know, we were going through this big time and I got this call that I didn't need it. And, um, there was this huge exhale in my house and she came running up the stairs and goes, the sad is over. And I was like, Oh my goodness. 
you know, so really listening to her and hearing those ways that she's interpreting life. When you go over these moments and taking these moments and telling about these moments and living in these moments, it's what we don't do enough. Yeah. So many times we're rushing to the next moment. We're saying, oh, I'm the accountant now and I'll just do this. Right. And so I got to get all this accountant stuff done and I'll just until I retire. And then when I retire, I'm going to just do this. And where are you running to? Where are you rushing to? I don't want to just pick on accountants. No, I'm just. (laughs) (laughs) No, I only said that because you had brought up that. But I'm saying, but where where are you running to? You're running to to the end. Right. We we don't need to run to the end. It's there. It's there. there. (laughs) We can just enjoy each moment. Yeah. And that's the interpretations of if I, if I could explain what Mother Asana is, it's just merging all that together. It's Gina's yoga practice. It's, it's Ali's kind of this beautiful, like uh, magical spiritual way of coming up with these one-liners that just fit perfectly into the, the stories that make up our lives. The book is um, The Art and the Voice of Autism. This is the cover with the shine. There's stuff falling out of it because this is like a proof. But um, it comes out on October 8th. It is a compilation of the insightful pieces of art and the celebrations and occasions that we have in our lives and through Allie's verses of how she interprets it. And I've taken that and those little quips and those one-liners and her humor and put it into a variety of different stories and ways that you can artistically connect with your family or connect with yourself, or you can be used as a tool for schools, for families, for aunties, for brothers and sisters to connect, but it can also just be used for pure enjoyment and for the mother who just wants to take some insightfulness too for herself. I love it. And this is Mother Asana. This is what Mother Asana is. Yeah, the book, I mean, um, that's what Mother Asana is and just espousing sort of the journey of living out in the world and, and shining. And, um, you know, shine has kind of become the cornerstone because we put it on the t-shirt. We put it on some of the merchandise. The other pieces of merchandise that we do, we do some greeting cards where I do the different sayings and in each of the, like the party hats on is birthday card or can be when you get your license. Um, I'll give it away. Like when people graduate from preschool or graduate from here, there have a really awesome moment in their lives. Um, we're all in this together is, can be something where, you know, you're going through a hard time. The sad is over can be, you know, many different things. She has a watercolor that we do. May all beings be free. Um, so there's, there's all sorts of different musing one-liners type of things that have connection to all of our lives, whether you're, like you said, you know, in the world of Down syndrome, autism, special needs or not, we're very re- relatable. And you may find us because you love art and you appreciate art. You may find us because you have an autistic child. You may find us because you're a mother struggling to mother in a house that houses autism, but you don't have to be any of those things to be with us because we just recognize that all of us as humans here are just going through stuff just like we do. And that's what our book is really about. And that comes out in October? 
yeah, I'm actually going to launch it on my dad's birthday. Hmm. Beautiful. That's great. For people who don't take yoga, can you define what an asana is? So asana is, it's a Sanskrit term. It's a matter of sitting with presence and purpose in a variety of yoga postures. And so I merged the motherhood part with asana. As I explained before, the motherhood, it can be one of the highest asanas of sitting with presence and purpose in a pose where you're just sitting at your kitchen table trying to connect with your child. And I don't mean just my special needs child. <laughs> I mean, any, any child, <laughs> anybody who is parenting out in the world today knows that sitting with presence and purpose in front of your child is a really hard thing to do. And um, so when you find yourself in yoga poses, you can get really frustrated because um, you have to remember so many different things. You've got to remember to breathe. You've got to remember to stay present. You've got to find your feet and ground yourself. And so it's a, it's a learning curve, but it's um, part of the, the whole essence of, of the asana. I, I look at Ali's artwork and her quotes and the word honest comes to mind. It just seems so honest and, and that could also be truthful. And I think that living in the moment is truthful. It's an honest place to be. It's where we're actually meant to be. I think we just get so caught up sometimes in what we're supposed to do or judgment of ourselves and others that we get away from this honest place. Yeah, the real authenticity of, you know, being yourself. And I think like you were saying, we were, you know, we're getting closer to that, you know, recognizing all the different types of people there are and who is becoming who and, and how they're um, presenting themselves to the world. And um, it, it comes with a, being your authentic self and just lining yourself up in that authentic place. It's, it's not like this easy, you know, even though it's like a few steps to my front door to leave, to get into my car and go out into the world, it takes work. I mean, there's resistance. That's the practice. You don't have to be a yogi, but you come back to that place. I, I talk about it in terms of yoga because that's how it works for me. But you come back to this place where I can begin, I can try parents. We want to try new things with our kids. And then we're kind of like, John will be like, I think we're ready. And I'll be like, you guys might be ready. I don't know if I'm ready, you know, or do you want to take her on that long flight? I'm not so sure. Do you want to drive? And it's like, no, maybe we shouldn't go. And then it's kind of like, okay, well then how are we going to have this experience? Does Allie want this experience? Will Allie learn from this experience? What does she need versus maybe what we need as parents? You know, I'm kind of going off to the side, but um, you know, th these are all the things that I talk about in my stories in the book is, I find myself walking with her and I'm already like, well, you know, let's look for this. And she's like, I don't want to look for that. Let's just keep walking. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's walk. That's right. We're on a walk. You know, mommy wants to go off to the side. Mommy wants to try more. Mommy wants to keep going. Mom mommy wants to push. Mommy wants to see. Mommy, you know, maybe I want to test. And then from the outside, I get my son and my husband, you know, <sighs> just let her be, you know, <laughs> don't try so hard or, or whatever, you know, so I'm not perfect in any, in any way, but it's the practice that brings me back 
And then also the, the softness that I give myself, which when you're in an asana, when you're in a yoga posture, you want to be firm, but you want to be soft. So you want to find this beautiful middle space and you need to breathe. So don't forget while you're in warrior one, you're pushing the energy in two different directions. You know, you're using the strength of your body. You're pulling up from the earth, the energy. So use that too, but don't forget to breathe and then don't clench. How about your jaw? Let's loosen up and be in that moment. And that's just one pose. <laughs> well, when you mentioned yoga early on, that was really what help me process things because if I didn't have words or things were on the outside physically, just even when you discuss uh, warrior one, you're being pulled in two different directions. You're trying to be grounded and firm foundation and also lift up. I think that describes parenthood to a T like for, for any parent, I think that, and, and you talk about the asanas and I've always felt that you know, if I could take it off of my mat, because that's what they always say in class, take this off of your mat. Um, and when I do apply that, just like just remembering to breathe, to be present, and to accept where I am today, not where I was yesterday, not where I want to be, but where where we are today. I love the mother asana. I think you're absolutely true. It's and it's a parent asana, you know, or caregiver asana. The truth is, being present and, and also being kind to yourself. We do judge ourselves so much as parents. Any parent whatsoever judges themselves and their decisions or, or most. Um, you know, there are some that are very confident in everything that they do. And I just wish I had like a tiny bit of that. But as parents, most of us, or at least I know, I'm, I'm constantly second guessing myself. And, and I love the thought of being gentle with yourself and being present on the journey. Like look at what you're giving your child, how you're setting them up for success, how you're supporting them and taking that moment to do it for yourself because you do have to put your oxygen mask on first. You do. We forget that we will wear ourselves to the ground. We will not eat. We will. And we feel like that's what we have to do. Um, famous for that in this house. No, no, I'll make your, I've got to push through and you're not really helping anyone because, you know, I think about the lessons when I, when I treat myself like that compared to how I'm supporting other people, what am I teaching in that moment to my daughter or to my son? Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to the book coming out. People will be able to get it through your website, correct? Yep, people will be able to get it through the website and they'll be able to get it through um, bookstores, you know, um, Amazon. So that'll be good. And we have our merchandise. We have a smaller shop of, of her shine stuff, which just seems to resonate with everyone. Um, and then her greeting cards. You can find us there and on Facebook and Instagram and out in the world living and doing good stuff. So motherasana.com. I really enjoyed talking to you. I mean, I feel like there's always there's always so much more that we can we can learn if we just take time to sit down and talk to each other. And um, it's this has been just such a, a lovely conversation this morning. And I, I want to thank you. It was a pleasure. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod. Or visit our website, ifwenewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. 
And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Come and